where you live shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. U.S. Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet. With reliable home internet from U.S. Cellular, now there's no limit to how you stream, game, and work. So instead of this, you get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from U.S. Cellular. Upgrade to fair. Welcome to the Courageous Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Mortensen. This is a weekly 15-minute program where we provide answers for your I don't know how. Whether you're dealing with recovery issues, emotions from a loss, or life has just maybe thrown you one more curveball than you were expecting. I'm glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about very interesting topics. One is the, just the expression of, of hope, a message of hope. But then also, I'm joined by with Jennifer Hesse here today. And it's very interesting because she's a 25-year veteran of teaching. And so we're going to just talk about some of the changes of this year versus 20 years ago. And I want to thank you for taking time to, from your busy schedule to connect here. You should see a chat box uh, on, on your Zoom Facebook page. Please just comment with any thoughts that you might have or any questions or any input that you may have. And then uh, for more information <clears throat> on me, you can go to randymortensen.com. That's Mortensen, S-E-N at the end.com. And later in the show, I'm going to talk a bit more about the 21-point assessment that's a tool to determine whether you or a loved one qualifies for one of my programs that's called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort. So today, like I said a, a minute ago, I'm just really fortunate to, to have Jennifer Hesse on screen with me. And Jennifer, welcome to the Courageous Thanks. Recovery Podcast. Thanks for having me, Randy. I'm excited to be here. Well, and and I, I didn't I didn't ask Jennifer what's the question you hope I don't ask, so I won't I won't do that uh, by by Perfect. any any uh, any stretch. But I I, I did think that um, for sure that we should talk about. Tell, tell us what you teach. You've been, you've been teaching for 25 years. Right. And what is it, what is it that, that you teach these days? So I teach history and government. And um, I've actually taught government the last 10 years. And a combination of history from seventh graders all the way to seniors in high school for the entire stretch that I've been in teaching. So it's been a really fun ride. Wow. Wow. And in, in, I know you told me last week and I don't remember. So you've been teaching high school all the entire 20 plus years? So I switched over to high school probably about a decade, almost 12 years ago. I coached a lot of high school before that, but I was actually in a middle school before the high school. And that in itself is a completely separate animal. <laughs> I, I I didn't share this with you last week. I actually started my college career thinking I wanted to be in teaching and yep. soon realized that I didn't have anywhere near enough patience to be a teacher. So, there is an art and skill of patience for sure. So tell me about this. Parents of 20 plus years ago 
compared to parents of students today, how would you draw the likenesses or the differences of, of parents then versus parents now? So that's kind of a funny question. And I'm not going to say it's a loaded question because I'm going to speak from a place of love. But one of the things that I've certainly seen change over the years is that um, there was a day when I first started when parents, um, perhaps you've seen the you've seen the cartoon where the parents would call and say, you know, what did Johnny do? And would ask the teacher. And then the, then there's a call where they show today's parent more, what did you do to Johnny on the phone call? Now that is a cartoon and it is funny, um, but there is some truth to that. I, I see a lot more parents that are really protecting their kids from failing. And I don't just mean failing by grade, but I just mean in their decisions and some of the consequences that they may face. And their kids, they make mistakes. They're going to fail. Um, and I, I just see a lot more par parents that are kind of sheltering kids from that. And I guess they don't know what I think about long term, what that does for their resilience and their, their ability to get up and try again and things of that nature. So that's one shift I've actually seen. And what, what's your opinion of participation trophies? I uh, cannot, <laughs> I cannot believe that there's a thing. Actually, can't believe it. So, not a fan. <laughs> Absolutely not a fan. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. We didn't even talk about that before. That we just kind of came out of left field. <laughs> I could probably roll on that for a lot longer than this podcast. So, um, not a fan. Well, and 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 what I say when I'm speaking is, I say, you know what, I, I'm I'm a winner. I never lose. I either win or I learn, right. right? I never lose. I either win or I learn. That's what makes me a champion. So participation trophies wouldn't work for me either yeah, at no. all. So one of, one of my favorite stories um, from you is talking about when you were given the opportunity to be a head coach yep. of a boys basketball team, yep. right? And Ted, give us, <laughs> give us the background on that. Right. So this is where I actually started my coaching career. I knew that I, um, I wasn't playing college athletics. I had a, a career ending injury, but I still wanted to coach and teach. And I knew that. And so what I did is I volunteered for the eighth grade traveling boys or rec team boys basketball in the city I was in, which was a really big deal. I showed up. I'm the only gal coach. Um, you cannot tell on this pod podcast, but I'm five three, so I'm not like looking like a center. Um, and it was all these dads, and they had stacked teams. And basically, my team was the bad news bears. It was who they did not pick. And then the kids were really upset that they had the only girl coach, right? So it was about three weeks of these boys telling me the wrong names and not listening to coaching and parents being kind of iffy. And, and so after one of our losses, our last loss, I uh, might have accidentally of, uh, did some damage to a clipboard over my knee um, <laughs> and got some attention of, you know, hey, if you want to win, like, that is a mentality and I know how to win. And they listened and we went from losing everything, getting smoked. In fact, um, I mean, I'm talking not even close to we ended up winning the championship of that league. 
And by the end, the parents were like bringing flowers and balloons. And it was such a cool experience to see that transition of um, just gaining the trust of my players and, and of those parents. But yeah, it was a wild ride there. And, in, and we have enough Minnesota listeners on here. Is it okay that we share that this was in Duluth, Minnesota? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yep. It was a really competitive league out of Duluth and it was no joke. <laughs> so. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and so how, when, how many years ago was that? 25 years. Yeah, 20, that's over 20, 25 years ago. And then I transitioned to high school coaching up at one of the high schools up there. Right. And, and I would hope that you would be more readily accepted today in that role. But do you think that's the case? You know, I, I don't know. I do think times have changed and there has become a lot more acceptance. I mean, we have women that are coaching in the NFL now and, and different professional sports, which I think is amazing. Um, I do think that we're a little bit more open to that today. But 20 plus years ago, it was certainly shocking for the culture. Right, right. And, and I, I, you and I have also chatted about just the value of, of competitive sports. And oh, yeah. anybody who knows me knows that I played Little League and I played basketball and I played football and living in rural, growing up in rural Minnesota, you have an opportunity to be a, you know, a multi-sport athlete. And, and I look back on those times and some of the most valuable lessons that I've learned were because of the comp the coaches yes. that I had. And then having been a coach and also being a referee in high school and college yeah, athletes, <laughs> you know, it was it was always those dads who had never excelled in any sports in high school that thought <laughs> they were the experts, right? They, That'll happen. Yeah, yeah. So so it it it's just it's very interesting to to just hear how things have transformed into today and, yep. and just the, the people that now are really focused on, they want their son or daughter to be that superstar. And there are parents that'll spend a lot of money to make that happen. Yep. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of investment in that. You bet. Okay. And, and now how, how are, how are the student athletes dealing with the fact that, Many of the winter sports didn't have their championships, right? Yeah. And now, now we have the spring sports that probably aren't going to play this year, I would suspect, yeah, in most places around good. the country. Yep. How do, what would you say to that, to, that, to that athlete that's kind of wondering, hey, what's up? You know, it's so interesting. Um, like the, the high school that I'm out of, we also had state championship or state tournament teams last year in multiple spring sports who basically returned all of their players. Wow. And so they were seated to be really having quite amazing seasons. And a lot of them are seniors, you know. So one of the things that I think comes out of this, the message is that life isn't always fair, right? Life does happen. And so the athletes that I have been in touch with when I've been up at school or what have you, um, what I've noticed is there is a resilience in the fact of knowing that they're not going to play. They're still working out. They're still working on their craft. They're still preparing as if they're going to show up on the field tomorrow. Many of them are doing that. Oh, really? And I think that's amazing because mm -hmm. they want to be ready. You know, what, 
that's success, right? When preparation meets opportunity. And I really see a lot of our high school kids specifically that are staying in preparation mode. I, I hadn't heard that before. That's great to hear. Yeah. So, so the, so the athletes are training, mm-hmm. albeit on their own, even yep. just to, to, to continue to, to hone their skills. Basically. Right. And, and there's so many different opportunities out there as well. I know I'm, I'm working with a company out of um, trusted coaches who's launching some uh, different things that kids can do at home that are working on their skill set, specifically for basketball in this case. But there's so many opportunities for parents and athletes to plug into high level training right now. I mean, what they're doing with their time is really going to matter. Right. For sure. Yeah, it, we all have the same 8,760 hours a year. It's a matter how we spend that time is, yep. is what really matters. So I'm, I'm going to also talk here for a second about the consulting work that you do and, and, and so on. I first wanted to plug my own uh, cohort. Yeah. <laughs> I do have an eight-week uh, cohort program that, that will be starting now in early April where I use the Zoom technology similar to how Jen and, and I are recording this today for the 90-minute weekly meetings. There are three phases in, in those eight weeks. The first is evaluation, the second is equip, and the third is enjoy. For any of you that are interested in more info, just text CHAMPION to 66866. That's CHAMPION to 66866. And one of us will get back to you. And, and, and what you can do is also... Go to my website, randymortenson.com, and do the 21-point assessment that is there. There's no charge for that. And what we will do is, is because you're a listener to this broadcast, I'll give you a 50% discount off of the standard fee if you just mention LCC when enrolling. So, Jen, you you also are fortunate and blessed to to be able to do some strategic consulting. Yes. You, I, I don't remember because my notes don't say it. Do you have a website for that or how would somebody get a hold? How would somebody yep. get a hold of you? So you can either get a hold of me at happen to your And that's happen with a number to your day.com. Or you can get a hold of me on my um, Facebook business page, which is just at Jennifer Hesse biz. And that's B I Z. Good, good. Okay, and we'll be sure to get that in the notes when when Great. we post this podcast. Um, and and I forgot I was going to give you a bad time that my name is actually Randall, but most people call me Randy. And so for you, it's either Jennifer or Jen or Jenny. Right? Yes, and, you got and, three options with me. <laughs> <laughs> and with me, what I say is only the judges or police officers or you know people like that call me Randall. <laughs> Um, but, (laughs) but I, I only have two choices. You have three, so it's gotta be harder. It's, Um, you know, it's aggressive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So as you're, as you've done some strategic business consulting, you were sharing one of your fantastic successes with me the other day. Um, which, which, which one is most memorable for you? You know, I think the one that is most memorable is one of the first uh, companies I worked with was is specifically trying to pivot out of this pandemic. 
and um, they just have a, an incredible product in play, but it's figuring out how to get the go ahead from their, um, from their direct, their directors, but then also how to get it into the right hands of people. So I've just had such a wonderful time helping them think about how to leverage what they have and how to market it properly. Cool. So that's been awesome. Cool. And, and I, I, I love to your, just your heart for wanting to serve and to help others. So how knowing we're in the midst of this pandemic, unprecedented times, I've never said right. unprecedented so many times in my life, <laughs> but right? how, you know, as, as an educator, as a coach, as someone who's lived a few years on this earth, what's it? How do we how do we encourage others? How do how is that hope restored or how is that hope magnified in your in your way of thinking? You know, I think the the biggest the biggest piece of the puzzle right now that I think people have is really the choice of what they are putting their focus on. Because what you focus on amplifies in your life. So what I would say the best thing we can do to be hope filled and encouraging others is to fill ourselves with hope. Um, you know, do I think we should know what's going on in the world around us? I absolutely think that that's responsible and you should know, but do I think people should be watching 20 hours of news every day? I don't, I think this is an amazing time to go find a new skill. Um, part of my strategic consulting is I help people find their superpower. I believe every person inside of them has something that they can bring the world. Right. And I think people know that and they have these hobbies or they have these passions I think this is a time to sow into the things that bring us joy to fill ourselves with hope so that when we're interacting with the people in our lives, that we can influence them with the atmosphere we carry. Wow. <laughs> Amen. That's <laughs> what I would say to that. And what are, what are the two, what are the two or three things that you've personally done to help relieve anxiety and, and really, allow the hope to flourish in these times? You know, I've actually reached out directly to business owner friends and I have done free consulting um, to help them of strategy and pivoting right now. Um, I'm also really into going to people I know that are in more fear and just being there. So I have brought a stool, sat outside a, a neighbor's home and through the glass been able to just hang out and hear and talk to them a little bit because they've been so isolated. I mean, there's a thousand things you can do. I bring flowers to my family. <laughs> I leave them on their doorsteps with a little treat, right? Because wow. there's just kind things that you can do that just make somebody's day. And um, I just love to be creative and how I can lift other people up. Wow. Well done. Well done. Okay. Well, we've reached our time. So, so I, I want to thank you so much for, for being on the show today. I do want to, to mention also, for those of you who are interested, I have my ebook that I'm more than happy to share with you. It's the five common mistakes when pursuing recovery. It's a, it's a short book that talks about, as the title implies, the, the five most common mistakes. And it's good for that person who's hurting maybe seeking recovery. It's also good for that loved one that, that has more questions than answers. So I hope you've found this information helpful today. Jen's been an awesome guest and, and we'll, we'll share in the information, her contact information and look for the replay 
of this to be available on the usual podcast online outlets like Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. Have a blessed day and be extraordinary today. At Heritage Bank, we're working to strengthen communities by helping businesses stay in business. See how we can help yours. Visit heritagebanknw.com slash all of us or click the ad to learn more. Member FDIC. When the unexpected comes calling, bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig and bounce forward with the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. Get a powerful and reliable internet solution starting at $64.90 a month for 24 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to comcastbusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 25 megabits internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Equipment installation taxes and fees extra subject to change.